just weeks before Jesus Christ would go to the cross, he had a pretty good team that he had built. They were different, different occupations, different cities they had come from, even had men and women in the team, and they were pretty excited about what was going on. While there was a pretty eclectic group that was gathered together, they had one thing that was definitely in common. They were all of the Jewish nation, and each one of them knew the promises of God. And I can just imagine that as they sat around a campfire one night and and they watched Jesus, their leader, walk by, I can just imagine that some of them thought and maybe even said out loud, the wait is over. No more waiting. We have been under Roman oppression for so many years, and now, finally, we've seen the miracles. We know the promises. I guess we don't have to wait anymore. And very soon, Jesus Christ would go to the cross, and they would scatter. He would conquer sin, and He would conquer death, and He would rise from the grave. And then... On that hilltop, when Jesus spoke to His followers, He told them that they needed to do something. Maybe some of you will read it in the upcoming weeks as we celebrate Easter and the resurrection. Jesus Christ told His followers that they were going to need to go back to Jerusalem and to wait. you got to be kidding me. More waiting? They were looking for the answer to their prayers that they wanted but not necessarily the answer that God had for them. Does anybody here enjoy waiting? Not too many of us do. But I think that the way God has built us is that sometimes God speaks the loudest and God speaks the, the, the clearest when we are in silence. Wonderfully, as we look into God's Word, what we'll see today is the practice of waiting on God is key to accomplishing His will on earth as it is in heaven. And don't you want to be a part of that? God has said His will will be accomplished on earth as it is in heaven. And He's not going to use the birds. He's not going to use the orangutans. He's not going to use the water buffalo to make that happen. In order for that to happen, it's going to take you and I being obedient, being brave, following Him in what He has for us to do each day. And so we've been in a series leading up to Resurrection Sunday. Um, My topics have been chosen very intentionally. We talked about the separation between God and man, talked about the necessity of the veil and the wonderful blessing of when that, te- when that veil was torn from top to bottom when Christ paid for our sins on the cross. We talked about forgiveness. We talked about the links Jesus would go so that you could have fellowship once again with the Father. We talked about boasting. When can you boast? Well, if you're like the Apostle Paul, you're going to boast only in your weaknesses. No self-reliance is allowed. And then... Last time we talked about God's unfailing love. Next week, Palm Sunday. The week after that, I hope you're looking forward to Resurrection Sunday. But today, I want us to focus on waiting. 
and waiting on the Lord. I wonder if anybody here, many of you kind of groaned a little bit ago when I said, does anybody like waiting? But this is a lesson that God has for us that can be one of the most wonderful blessings of walking in this world. If you were like me a few weeks ago, maybe over a month ago now, you were watching the news, and when Russia was preparing to invade a neighboring country, what they did was, before they actually invaded, is they had it surrounded with trucks, tanks, troops, and you can see on several parts of the border that they were ready to invade. We have cameras overhead. It was in the news every night. Look at what's going on. Russia is surrounding the Ukraine. And yet not one of them moved. Not one shot was fired. And nobody crossed a border until a certain time. Nobody crossed that border until they were given the orders. They dare not advance until the order was given by their commanding officer. And you and I should take that picture and apply it to our own lives. Because tomorrow, you're going to get up. And God has something that He wants for you to do tomorrow. How will you know what that is? There are certain things that we can do, studying God's Word, spending time in prayer. But I want to encourage us not to dare advance until we have the green light. The text for our message today is a short one, Psalm 25, and verse number 3. And it says this, Indeed, none who wait for you shall be put to shame. I'm so encouraged as a pastor that we have so many that, that take the Word of God seriously. And as you are challenged with this idea of waiting on God, some of you are going to, even this afternoon, and even tomorrow morning, say, what does pastor mean by that? Have I learned to genuinely wait on the Lord? For those of you who will consider making this a part of your life, or those of you who are doing it but you'd like some more direction, there are two areas to consider when we wait on God. The first area is the absolute need for guidance. And this is something that not everybody is in the same place with. Need for guidance? Man, I've got Google. Well, I've got 50 years of experience. Need for guidance? You must be willing to admit that you do not have the answers and you are in such a way where you will not have them if God does not intercede. And so if you will take on the challenge of being still and waiting, recognize your need for guidance, but then also, as we study the Word of God, would you recognize the certainty of guidance? Some of you can get behind the idea that you need it, but to actually step out in the day, to do something that you think God would have you to do, but you're not quite sure how it's going to go, or even you've been shot out of the saddle before when you've tried that. You took a step, you tried to be brave, and you failed miserably. You need to have an understanding that God certainly will give you what you need. To accomplish his will. And waiting quietly is a way that we can find this. I know many followers of Christ have learned the value of praying daily. 
And I cannot stress that enough, how important it is for you to spend time every day praying to God. Is there a difference? Is there a difference between prayer and, and waiting, what we're focusing on today? Well, there is. There's a fairly substantial difference. Typically, when we come to prayer, we are focusing on what we want to tell God that's on our mind and on our heart. God, I'm glad I've got your ear today because I've got some stuff to let you know. And that can, you know, be a blessing. It can even be therapeutic for some people to have the listening ear of God. That's prayer, a part of prayer. But then when we look at the idea of waiting, wait, when we wait on God, our first thought is going to be on the very God that we are waiting upon. What might He bring to your mind? You might go over His attributes. You might just sit there in the stillness and allow Him to bring to mind what He wants for you to know that moment. What it will look like is you're entering His presence and you feel the need just to be quiet so that He can overshadow you. I'm not talking about some kind of a spooky experience. I'm talking about a relationship with a God who knows you and has something for your day and just sitting in the quiet. Some of you have learned the beauty of quiet. In the world that we live in, you can fill every moment with something. You can play a song on your phone or, uh, it, I mean, waiting is just not even hardly heard of anymore. Boredom is almost being taken out of the equation with so many things that fill our time. God in heaven longs for you to sit in stillness. He wants to reveal himself to you in those times. And a good time to do this, there is no better time than when it's paired up with our prayer time. We're going to spend time talking to God. Maybe just beforehand, practice bowing in silence and waiting. I'm going to give you some sample prayers uh, that you might add to this practice if you're going to take my challenge. We might pray this. Lord, help me to know that I am not fully pre prepared for the day unless I have listened to you first. They that wait upon the Lord, what? Shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. Run, not be weary, walk and not faint. And God desires to hear this. I had a funeral service on Friday, and it was unique uh, specifically in one way, and there was a seven-year-old grandson who, who got up to speak at his grandfather's funeral. He had in a little Ziploc baggie the, the patches that were uh, from his grandpa's service in the Air Force that his grandpa had given to him before he died. And this boy, with remarkable composure, and maturity beyond his years, stood up, and he didn't fumble, and he wasn't scared, and he didn't just dawdle on like some toddler. He stood and talked to a group of people that were there to celebrate a life of a family member or friend. And as he was talking, I was standing just 
back a little ways and hidden by a wall, but I can remember this. I can remember a couple days ago when he was talking and just being taken back by his composure, I leaned out and I looked at everyone that was there. I did not see one set of eyes that was not fixed on that seven-year-old boy. I even commented on it. I made a little joke and said, boy, I wish I could hold people's attention as well as he held their attention. God longs for you to be fixed upon him, just sitting and waiting. We have a need for guidance and we have a certainty that he will guide us. You see, God understands that you and I, when we walk through our day, we are completely unable to do what is heavenly. We are unable to do what is holy unless God is doing the work in us. And so that heavenly light will come as we confess our inability. And some of you have tried before to do something that was brave. Some of you have tried to be obedient in a way that you thought God wanted you to go, and maybe it miserably failed. And so we're afraid of trying something amazing because of what we've seen before. Something is working against us when we leave the house and go throughout our day. When I was a kid, we used to sing a song. It was based on the scriptures. Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed of mine enemies. Let them not triumph over me. And I sang that song as a kid. And I can remember at one point, years later, thinking, who are my enemies? What enemies am I praying to God? Don't let them triumph over me. I mean, I live in a pretty safe place. We've got police all around us. I can't think of anyone who wants to do me physical harm. But you do have an enemy. If you are content to go throughout the day and not make an impact in this world, not try to get God's will done here in this earth, then your enemy is content to leave you like that. But if you want something amazing to happen... As a result of you being obedient to the Lord, you will have an enemy. Those enemies will look different. I'm going to challenge you in just a moment that when you come to that quiet time and ask God to help you to not let your enemies triumph over you, or as our text says, don't let me have any shame as I do this. Your enemy might be revealed in the thing that you've been the most afraid of. What are you most afraid of? You probably would not say it out loud in this setting. But some of you are crippled with fear sometimes. And the enemy is observing you. And he knows that he can keep you down if he lets that enemy have some hold over you. What else might be an enemy? Well, sometimes it's what dominates your mind. If I've asked you to sit in stillness and in the quiet, some of you are going to have some thoughts immediately go to your mind. What you're worried about, what you're afraid of, sometimes that will come. 
And maybe that's where you need to start. If that's what cripples you, allow that time of silence to let God interact and say, my child, I understand this. My child, I'm more powerful than what you're afraid of. And do not allow the enemy to put you to shame and do not allow him to make you neutral. Be working, be faithful to do what God wants you to do. Some of you are afraid of the things that you cannot control. I know people who work every waking moment trying to control more and more and more things in their life and control the outcome and control every step along the way. And what we do is we completely remove any area for God to be involved. Because I've got A through Z spelled out. I guess if God wants to get involved, He's he's welcome. We won't turn Him away. For some of you, God wants you to let go a little bit. Do your very best, but leave place where God has to get involved or else it will not succeed. Some of you face the enemy of criticism. You're afraid to be criticized. For some of you, loneliness drives you. You're so afraid to be alone. I think the devil knows how many of us are afraid of our past failures. I I remember my past failures a whole lot quicker than I remember my past successes. And I don't think that's God whispering those in my ear. So if you can think of what you're afraid of, or, or I should say if you cannot think of what you're afraid of, just wait. They will come to you. Now here's the disclaimer of the message. If you're willing to do that, this, this is a hard challenge. If you will sit and say, God, what do I fear? You may start with some surface things, snakes, spiders, women. I I don't know what they might be. But if you will allow yourself to be genuine with that question, God's going to bring something to your heart that He can have power over. But you don't talk about those things at parties. You don't say those things even out loud in a room for fear that someone knows who you really are. Sit in stillness and know that not only does God know about those things, but God can give you victory over those things to where you can be used in such a beautiful way to bring God's will down to this world. You can be used to make a difference. We might pray a prayer like this. Lord, help me. When I leave the home today, Lord, help me to have confidence today in those areas where Satan would bring crippling fear. The devil is not always content or or, or looking at the goal of getting you to murder and steal and lie. Sometimes if he can just get you in that deer in the headlight look, stop you in your tracks. That's a win for him for the day. 
And so pray and ask God, help me to have confidence today where the lies of the devil would keep me quiet. And the boldness you will have after that time will be based on God's supply and God's power. Now, this should not just be a vague exercise all the time. You can sit and just sit in silence and let God, let the Holy Spirit bring something. But there's absolutely nothing wrong with you knowing ahead of time where you need help. Let me give some examples of what you might start with. You might wait for God to take His place as God and impress His nearness on your heart. I know that's vague, but that just involves waiting and focusing on who God is. And then He says, Jeremy, you're mine. You're my child. I'm here with you. Know me. And when you go out from this place, understand that I am with you. Another example of what we might um, have in this exercise is we might approach our time of waiting with perhaps a special need. Not only a special need with an expectation that God is going to answer that request, that need in exactly the way He wants. So you might put words around it in a certain way. God, would you heal them? God, would you help that one? God, would you do this for me? We can do that. But trust God. God, you are in control. And God, I want you to do exactly what you want done. But right now, God, my mind is always thinking about this. And beautifully, when we see our inadequacies, God wants to get involved. Another example of how, what, how we might approach this time. Listening for where, this is good. If you're, if you're taking notes, write this one down. Listening for where God wants to display His power in your life. What are you talking about? Display His power in my life. This is what God wants to do. He wants things to happen through His obedient sons and daughters that they cannot do on their own. And there is no chalking it up to luck Or coincidence, it is God being involved and ask God to display His power in your obedience over the next several hours. And so it's good to have specific needs in our waiting. One last sample prayer. We might pray, Lord, thank You for knowing each need and for demonstrating Your power through me as I go on my day today. So most of us are, are familiar with the expression, when there's, when there's chaos going on or something's just miserably wrong, we're familiar with the expression, I've heard it before, don't just stand there, do something. Have you heard that before? I've heard that in a rather loud tone from an employer in the years past. Don't just stand there, do something. But it's my contention today that us not being willing to just stand there is the biggest obstacle to God letting us know what He wants to do through us. There's a basketball tournament going on right now. I know some of you could care less about the basketball tournament. It was a great game on last night. Really good game between Duke and North Carolina. 
And I watched that game. I fell asleep a little bit before it was over, but I made it through the end mostly, and I was glad I did. And in that historic basketball game, before the first shot was taken, and before they sang the national anthem, what took place back in a room with a closed door where the the team was sitting with their mouths quiet, and the coach stood there, and the coach gave them the pep talk. What kind of a pep talk do you think your God can give you before you walk through your day this week, tomorrow? I hope you find out. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we praise you for knowing all things. We praise you that you are good. How horrible it would be to have a tyrant on the throne who knew all things. How horrible it would be to have someone who did not have our best interest in mind as your children. And we thank you that you have us here in this place for a good purpose, to be used by you. Heavenly Father, when we come to you, we thank you that we, the longer we're around, we learn how feeble we are, how inadequate we are. We learn how much we fail. And we also see that it is only through men and women that are followers of you that you will wonderfully accomplish what you have to do. And so God, help us to be brave. Help us, Heavenly Father, to look to you and understand how weak we are. And in those weaknesses, your strength will come through. While we have our heads bowed and eyes closed, I'm going to ask the piano to play through a song. I want to give you a chance to pray. Maybe you're here today and those things that, that the enemy tells you are going to keep you from being productive. Those lies, those things in your past or those things in your mind that keep you from stepping out on faith. Talk to your God. He already knows them. Agree with God that He has power over them. And agree with your God that you will have victory over the enemy as you follow Him. We never like to close a time without inviting people to accept Christ. We're celebrating in just a couple weeks an empty tomb. Jesus Christ came to this earth fully God and fully man. He died on a cross for your sins. You are a sinner, separated from God forever, except for one thing. A sufficient sacrifice was given. Christ died for your sins so that you could have forgiveness and fellowship once again with the Father who sent His Son to die for you. And if you've never done it before, even right now, in the stillness of this moment, you can say, God, forgive me, a sinner. Make me your child. Thank you for Jesus. While the piano plays, I'm going to ask the men who are serving to come forward and prepare for communion.